Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I don't know if there's a plot anymore. It is just how far <laughs> can we go until we're sued the next time. <laughs> <laughs> Rusty Quill presents Enthusiasm. Hello, friends and fans, and welcome to Enthusiasm, the show where we talk about a few of our favourite things. I am your host, Helen Gould, one of the best Rusty Quillers, and today we're talking about anime, and I'm making the biggest heart eyes at my guests today, (laughs) who are Alex and Nemo, the dream team. So, as always, we shall introduce ourselves alphabetically and just very serendipitously. Alex starts with an A. So, Alex, what are your pronouns and what do you do? I am Alexander J. Newell, he, him. I am the founder and CEO of Rusty Quill. You might be one of the best RQers, but I like to think of myself as RQ Alpha. Maybe like oh, yeah. maybe like RQ Prime. I'm not sure which one though. <laughs> the RQ. Uh, RQ. Oh, oh, I'm stealing that RQ. There you go. Oh, I'm so talented and clever. You are underpaid, Helen. <laughs> Nemo, what are your pronouns and what do you do? Hi, I'm Nemo Martin. I use they them pronouns, and I am the writer and creator of Trice Forgotten, a new Rossi Quill podcast, and. Um, I, I, I know that Alex doesn't really know much about fan fiction stuff, so calling himself the Alpha was a mistake on an anime episode. Just going to hedge that there and not say anything else about it. Yeah, I didn't. I just wanted to let him. Like, that's also gonna, we're gonna factually keep that inaccurate. Now. I'm told that most of my characters end up pregnant in fan works. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, we're moving. We're moving on. <laughs> <sighs> Loria's turned her camera on just to shake her head in I haven't been allowed, I haven't been allowed out in company in a while. <laughs> <laughs> <And> it's showing. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. So, okay. Anime is a subject that actually I don't know that much about, but I am interested in it as like a subject, which is why we're doing the episode. I do know that it covers a whole range of shows. So how do we actually, like, what is actually the definition of anime? Like, is it just any Japanese animation or does it have to have certain characteristics? I mean, my answer was going to be, yeah, Japanese animation is full (laughs) stop for me. But if you have something more loquacious than that... Oh, kind of depends on your time period, actually. Mm. Historically, anime has a few interesting and fairly disparate roots. Like some of them are sort of driven economically, some of them are driven culturally. Although I would would broadly agree with Nemo's definition at the moment, which is anime has expanded beyond just sort of the Japanese style of animation to just its own style of animation that's sort of transcending. You get stuff like Ruby Mm. from sort of Western um, Mm. origins and things like that. And it's still anime, even though it's not sort of Japanese bent. But there there was a lot of stuff in the history of it to do with like Japanese representations of the West in animation. 
hence mm. the big anime eyes and things like that. These were deliberate oh. caricatures and, and exaggerations for animation, like depictions of Western society, which is... And again, that's not all it is, but that's that lent itself into the style, so that's why in some of the older ones, you'll get a lot of stuff that's sort of based, say, in the US, even though it, it, it has a very sort of Japanese cultural identity and it gets a bit, it gets a bit weird. A lot of that mm. sort of San Fran, Tokyo kind of... Mm. vibes if you know what i'm referencing <laughs> mm, there, there was definitely a, a style choice of the like european picture books and stuff like that like mm. they really enjoy the kind of 80s hair and stuff when that when yeah. in yeah, the yeah. 80s when anime started developing and they it, yeah there's such a style crossover that has like slowly become what we see as japanese when you can see like the inspirations from like yeah, cartoons or or TV shows or picture books, slightly older, and artwork from the West. So it's a very, like, yeah, comes from one, comes from the other. And bear in mind, a lot of it as well, uh, not anymore, but once upon a time, it was anime basically if it was derived from manga. Mm. So there was the, like, 80s manga explosion and stuff like that where you had a huge amount of stories. And then you'd go to a comparatively nascent film industry and go, hi, I want to tell this story. It spans 2,000 years, has a cast of 600 people, and then you would get told no. But anime can cater to that quite well, hence why it, it sort of got this representation for... like RQ hits a lot of the same notes, like that genre kind of scale thing. It's mm. because it's leaning into the medium. And for anime, again, this is back in the day, it was a good way of telling the story that really wasn't tellable elsewhere although obviously now it's broadened way like you get a lot of romance anime and stuff like that that could be irl and you see a lot of adaptations uh, the recent bebop or whatever but mm. then you get into like is it anime derived if it's irl like where's the lie it's all getting very mushy mm. so you said some of it's quite inspired by like 80s style is that why there's so much spiky hair going on yes mm. yeah that's so cool. That makes so much sense. But that means that that's why spiky hair c comes back in as a style thing now is via anime. It sort of 80s hair goes into anime, gets chopped up a bit and comes back out the other side to Western audiences. It's, it's fascinating. We're all just in an endless loop, slightly shifting. And because Japanese culture, I think in the West, like a lot of individualism is kind of how we are right now. We're very uh, a society where... Actually, rebellion in, in the West, especially in the UK and America, is very much about like becoming a socialist and believing in the community. Whereas mm. in Japan, it is uh, the kind of conservatism is about like not being individual. And so in the 80s, a lot of rebellion and a lot of like subcultures came from looking at American trends and being like, oh, if I if I look more Western than I can be more individual and I can assert my individual rights. So there was a lot of the like big hairdos and very like perm perming was like a huge thing and mm. um spiky hair and all that kind of stuff i think it's arguably one of the ones that's had the most cross-pollination over the years where it just keeps grabbing from whatever mm. it likes and kind of it just slots in nicely it's very mutable as a as a medium i guess then this is a slight tangent right, right. Mm. my best friend is really into jojo's bizarre adventure understood mm. Loads and loads of things in that, are, like the the names are just stolen from popular <laughs> bands mm. and and songs and stuff. Mm. And I'm wondering how does that fit in, or or is the writer just just like ah, just do it, heck it. <laughs> <sighs> You're kind of hitting into like 
where's the line between anime as a medium adopting things and a specific thing choosing to adapt thing? I have to admit, mm. I, I haven't seen Jojo Bizarre's Adventure. I, I know of it and I know around it, but I've never just sat and watched the whole thing or anything. So I, I can't really speak to that. I'm hoping, Nemo, you might be able to rescue me because at the moment I'm kind of, it's like, is that an anime thing or a just this show thing? I mean, in the line of like what we just said, like Japan also really likes black culture and black music. And so mm. Cowboy Bebop is also, you know, one. Yeah, yeah. And so taking from cool things, which in the same way that white America did with a lot of black culture, Japan also does the same thing and puts it into anime. So I think, yeah, taking from bands because it is cool and it is like I mean, for Japan, it's Western, but it's kind of like white America takes from black America and then yeah. Japan, like cool Japanese people take it from white America who have taken it from black America. So it is that kind of like progression. And then white British people <laughs> take it from anime yeah. who have taken it from <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> So Nemo, have you seen Jojo's Bizarre Adventure? I've seen the first season of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. What did you think? I think it's in line with how... A lot of anime is quite self-referential and self-referential does mean like taking from other culture, uh, like pop references and stuff like that. Mm. Even though it's all of the names are the kind of names in it that <laughs> if someone was like basing a, a TV show in a country they had never been to, didn't speak that language and just kind of read a menu <laughs> from like a restaurant... <laughs> Like, that's yeah. what JoJo's Bizarre Adventure does with names. <laughs> and why it's not? Very, it's very funny. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, so um, in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, I think the first one follows Joseph. Mm. Oh, I don't know. There's, there's, there's like Joseph and Joey and Josuke. And... <laughs> Sorry, I give that as a note to write this so often. You can't give every character the same name. <laughs> You're making it so hard unnecessarily. No, no, no. This is the thing. The protagonist of each season has the Joe sure. subgenre of, of a name. There are lots of people who have superpowers that are called stands. Mm. And it's the stands that often have the the weird names. Like I I'm pretty sure someone's got a stand called Talking Heads and yeah. stuff like that. In fact, I might do a quick I might do a quick little Google. So again, I've only ever caught gleans of this. Like it, it hits meme culture super hard as an anime so i've yes. I've, I've got a lot by osmosis but I've, like like i said i couldn't actually tell you for the life of me what the main story is even about uh, it i i i couldn't either <laughs> because the so the story changes from season to season and is always really really like complicated good good so a stand is basically like they're often like people like like they're like physical manifestations of like a super power okay i'm looking i'm looking at a wiki Good. so um some of them have been named after tarot cards some of them are named after egyptian deities it does sound very anime yeah it's extremely anime good it's quite similar to <laughs> the only thing i know about persona the video game because there is a character who has is it also called a stand in that or something but his one is uh, Jean Valjean. <laughs> and, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> which makes me very excited uh, as someone doing a PhD on Les Mis that I'm just like, uh, it, it, <laughs> they, 
and it's really in depth and he has like loads of like portcullises and locks and chains and stuff like that it's his power is, level like, you know, 24601 visual... <laughs> yes <laughs> well, he has 24601 written over his chest but it's really interesting because in japan 24601 isn't his number because that doesn't rhyme in japanese so anyway oh, that's why my... of course <laughs> yeah I've got, I've got to ask now i know this is completely tangent what is the number it's ni yon doku go san Two, four, six, five, three. Because sun rhymes with Jean Valjean, kind of. Oh, I don't know why itchy. that's grating on my brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's really good. I found some stand names. We've got Killer Queen, good. Spice Girl, <laughs> just White Snake. It's there. I love Spice Girls. <laughs> Foo Fighters. Jumping Jack Flash. And it just goes, there's so many of them. One of them's called Notorious B.I.G. Okay, this is definitely a writer who just went, stop me. Yeah. And just kept going. And I'm yeah. perfectly yeah. on board with that. I mean, have you ever watched Gintama, the anime? No, tell me about it. It's, it's an anime and... It's it's like the height of like self-referential in that they've been cancelled maybe three or four times because they keep getting lawsuits like against them. <laughs> and every single time in the first episode of the new season where they like have been brought back because of audience demand, they'll do something even worse. Like one time the the characters this is like a historical fiction anime, right? So it's like, you know, there are samurai and there are you know, it's set in that kind of period of Japan. And they'll all come dressed as One Piece characters in the first episode and fully, like, <laughs> just use the names of oh, all of the One Piece God. characters and get copyright striked, stricken, striked yeah, yeah. in, like, the first episode after being cancelled for doing the exact same thing in their last season. So they, they very much <laughs> like the kind of, like, referencing each other. And yeah, kind but of like... at, at that point, they kind of have to, right? If your brand, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, it's not, it's not an avenue I'd take, but if your brand is being sued, unfortunately... <laughs> Yeah, you've got a very specific line of attack now, right? Yeah, oh. I, I think like it genuinely started as a as a uh, an anime. It was just you know it had a normal storyline, and sometimes it would kind of like offhandedly reference things for a kind of like in joke. And now it's just like I don't know if there's a plot anymore. It is just how <laughs> far can we go until we're sued the next time? <laughs> <laughs> that is a great concept for a show. I might actually look into that. <laughs> okay, so we've talked a bit about anime in general, and I mentioned that I know there are lots of different subgenres. Like there are some shows that are sort of slice of life, like they're set in a school or something, and there are some that are massive epics, and there are some that are horrendous, upsetting political sci-fi, <laughs> and then there are some that are just straight up horror. So, do either of you like focus on a particular subgenre, or do you just like consume it all? I'm quite eclectic. I don't mean well-read in the genre, I just mean like I, I just kind of spread it comparatively wide, as it were. But in terms of... I, I keep returning to hard sci-fi in anime, actually. The reason being, I find the space opera stuff, get the scope gets so huge at some point, like six seasons in, where the planet Earth is a punching bag that is used <laughs> to beat someone up with and stuff like that. You kind of start losing track. Mm. Um, I tend to prefer the harder sci-fi one, although there's an interesting negative on the hard sci-fi one which is a lot of the best hard sci-fi stuff is older and as a result it, it it's starting to date itself in terms of like cultural identity so it's mm. an odd one where it's like i mean the the obvious one everyone picks is like akira sure whatever where 
you know, oh, the Tokyo Olympics and blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it's starting to, it, it's starting to, the cracks are starting to show, culturally speaking. And so mm. I do like my hard sci-fi, but I, th- I think, generally speaking, the age of that was closer to, like, late 80s and 90s. I think that that's a little bit out of vogue recently. Uh, mm. it, there, there seems to be a lean towards more kind of bombastic storytelling or like super super intimate and that hard sci-fi sort of falls Mm. between the two so it's not getting served quite as well but yeah i i kind of i'll do it on a whim mostly my criteria are is it is it considered well written because i really i really struggle if it's if it's just not and (laughs) at the risk of talking negatively for a moment i try to avoid anything that like pushes what's called like fan service as a thing Mm -hmm. so I, i i try to steer around those particular things Sure. What about you, Nemo? I am similar in that I will watch, actually, uh, I, I will watch pretty much anything apart from the hentai uh, <laughs> and most like of the stuff that's coming out now, which is very fan service-y. There's mm. like, uh-huh. I, I think the, the, the genre in vogue right now is isekai, which is like a, a character from this world gets transported to another world yeah, yeah. and then oh. has like hijinks. And it was like a really cool genre for a while. And now it's like, oh, everyone wants that. Okay. Everything is going to be that. A- everyone and- wants to make no game, no life and stuff like that yeah yeah and it's like it's basically all kind of like harem where this dude who's a loser from the real world goes to a foreign world and now all of the babes love him and he's also a king and yeah (laughs) it's very you know wish fulfillment fantasy for young men which is kind of grim but i i will watch pretty much anything else especially uh if it is well written i do (laughs) my favorite genre is um sad young person who is disillusioned with the world uh, accidentally adopts a young child and learns childish joy again (laughs) and there are surprisingly quite a few of those (laughs) that's weirdly enough i'm immediately going oh i can think of a couple that actually hit that bill straight away (laughs) yeah that's really lovely i think when when i was younger i really liked anime for like a lot of western narratives that were like big and flashy and magic were always you were the chosen one and a lot Mm. of anime in the same period was like you're now the best in the world how because you worked really hard Mm. like you just trained your ass off like there Mm. is still the chosen like person angle but there's a lot more in anime of just like i am bob and <laughs> i will train for 60 years and now i'm just just kick ass and <laughs> like anime serves that very well there was a whole swathe of those late 90s of just like people working their ass off to be the best at something and that that spoke to me quite a lot i have to admit Aww. it's kind of the running joke in uh one punch man i don't know if you've seen oh yeah. That, yeah, yeah 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 that's what i have seen oh okay, one punch man's yeah. so very good it's so good and it yeah it's the running joke of even though he seems like the chosen one in that he is like so overpowered he it, it's like well i trained <laughs> here's my training mm. montage of me running and yeah like Clearly, you can't become this powerful just by doing a jog around the block. But, but again, like referencing other anime that you probably have watched in order to make the joke even funnier. Yeah. For those who haven't seen it, One Punch Man is about a guy who can defeat any enemy with just one punch. 
Yeah. And um, and that that literal scene happens. I think that you were just talking about Nemo. Someone's like, "Oh, I'm such a big fan. How do you do it?" And he just takes them through a completely average gym routine. Well, he does, he does, yeah. yeah, he does something like, "So you're gonna you're gonna struggle. You're gonna sweat. Your bones are gonna creak, but you cannot stop until you've done one hundred push-ups." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a very, it's a very funny show. I really did like that. It's a really difficult one though to sell people on mm. at first, because mm. if they really like their anime, they're like, oh, it's just taking the mick out of my anime. And if they don't like anime, they're like, well, I, I don't really, what, what's this riffing off? It's, I find it <laughs> re- of all the anime, I find it one of the hardest ones to actually get people to watch. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe it's a good starter one, but I don't think it is. I think you do have to have some level of like having watched all of the shonen anime that it's parodying in order to like. Yeah, it just falls between the cracks. Mm. I really didn't though, and I still enjoyed oh. it. Okay, a lot of the stuff it was doing is probably very fresh and new. Yeah. To yeah. Me. Well, while we're on that topic, then, how did you two get into anime? What was your starter show? Well, so I'm British Japanese, so my mom is Japanese, and so from I, I've been watching anime since I was a kid because my mom loved anime and manga. So even though I grew up in London, we did have a lot of manga, and I don't know how she was able to. I mean, I think she was pirating anime to show us when we were kids. So yeah, we watched a lot of like random pirated anime and then naruto and bleach and one piece started being shown on jetix maybe toonami one of those oh god yeah 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 toonami Mm. so a lot of the first anime that i watched was like japanese kids anime (laughs) on unsubbed but then the first one that i fully watched as a like tv show instead of like something that was on i think was probably naruto the original show so alex what was the first one you saw so, so mine, I came out of. I got a bit blindsided by anime. So I, as a kid, well, I, I did. I didn't know it was. I didn't know it was a thing. Um, so <laughs> unfortunately, I'm going to demonstrate my age by predating you, Nemo, and go. Oh, tsunami, the the golden age. No, 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 no. Gosh, no. Far earlier than that. Cartoon Network did a limited run of DBZ. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Dragon Ball Z. Now, as a young, fresh-faced fool. I was very inexperienced in basically everything and just came home, put it on and went, what? What is, <laughs> what is happening? What is this? It's, the, 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 it's cool. As a child, I am certain that this is cool, but mm. I don't know what's happening. Why? Why it's cool? What's get, what is this? So then I started doing a thing where I would run to the bus stop to catch the earlier bus home to catch the timings because it was on at like 5 p.m. and because of the journey times and blah 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 i was always catching mm. it five minutes in so anyway i just discovered this thing it, it finished its run it didn't do the whole thing and then and then it disappeared and mm. i just chalked it up this is very 90s kid i chalked it up as that was a cool series that i'll never see again and the internet isn't the thing so it's just gone now that was fun mm. And then I started secondary school and then midway through secondary school i just stumbled into a group of lads who new anime and I, they just happened to mention dbz in, in passing and at my time i thought it was a one-off i didn't know mm. it was a whole school of animation i really thought just mm. one person had a cool kooky vision and that's what it was so i was like oh I, th- I thought i was the only one who'd seen this niche little thing that no one's really heard of <laughs> mm. oh that's cool at which point they sat me down and went you have a lot of required reading what's this okay so <laughs> this is the vegeta saga this is the cell saga this is the mm-hmm. boo saga okay right while well, we're getting through this okay boo's still running okay now you also have 
have to watch Bebop because Bebop's here. Now, after Bebop, we recommend Trigun, but you might not like Trigun. And they just worked their way through and gave me like required reading. So I went in mm. thinking this was just like a niche author's little thing on Cartoon Network and instead discovered it was like gateway to just this enormous <laughs> culture i knew nothing about and then mm. i i fell in quite hard for a period of just like it was telling the stories i wasn't seeing elsewhere stories that were interesting mm. stories that were pitched right to my age at the time of like 14 15 which is mm. I, as much as it's like as a kid you're like oh i want to see grown-up stuff a lot of the grown-up stuff's quite boring and a lot of the mm. kiddie stuff's quite kiddie and this was the only thing that was really hitting that itch of mature themes but mm. in a way that's actually like interesting and they put a lot so i i i got a bit of a a luxury tour in that they just went you want to watch this don't watch this watch this watch all of this only watch the first season of this and they were right they knew what they were talking about so i kind of got a bit of a a, a grace period where i'd only experience <laughs> good anime with nothing bad mm. and that kind of yeah. sells you quite hard when everything you've seen you're like oh my god it seems like every single thing from this animation school is is phenomenal there's no <laughs> duds and then I, I obviously later on you start trying to duds. explore really the stuff yourself and finding oh yeah this was this was a cash grab or this was this wasn't handled very tastefully or whatever but I, I think they they made their impression early enough that it kind of cemented in for me. Mm. Lovely. Well, you know what? On that, I think we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. And welcome back. Okay, right, we've talked about anime in general. We've talked about a couple of shows. Now I'm going to do the very big question, which is what's your favorite anime show? And uh, I can, <laughs> Alex r rubbing <laughs> the bridge of his nose. <laughs> I know it's a big, big question, mm. but it's not one that I can answer because I haven't seen many. Obviously, Bebop's up there. Okay. Like, I, I, re I really like Bebop. I, I think it's very, very, very well executed. And there's a reason that it always gets a hard time anytime someone tries to riff off it. Is mm. if you make something tight enough and well, like, well crafted enough pretty much it's always going to get torn apart whenever someone tries to iterate on it. Mm. We, if we include anime films... Mm. Okay, yeah. Ghost in the Shell, Scratch a Certain Itch. I actually really liked, um, which is a bit controversial because a lot of people uh, liked it less, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, which was the first Ghost in the Shell TV series because it effectively took the Ghost in the... Sh like, the Ghost in the Shell film is like... And then the series like takes all of the same themes and stuff and it just expands and iterates. The first couple of episodes are kind of fine, but the soundtrack's good. The animation is really good and it's it hits later a lot of really... At the, at the time, it taught me a lot about the world and the direction it could go. Example being a 
I'm trying to remember the episode. It's been too long. One that resonated me with was a, either a guy had modelled his child's neural pathways or had, like, it was his actual kid's neural pathways. I can't remember. But long story short, had designed a tank for, like, the military and it needed an AI to run it and it ended up being his kid. And this whole episode, they're oh. trying to stop this runaway tank because they're, like, they're the best of the best police and they're all fully augmented and they're all just trying to stop this mm. runaway tank. And this tank was just trying to make its way home to a dad to say the equivalent of like, why did you leave or why did you do this to me or whatever? Mm. And it's just, I think it's just an AI that thinks it's his son or something because he used the engrams as like a starting point or something. But like, mm. that is just a self-contained one. I was like, oh, that's, and there's a lot. And that whole, it effectively takes, you know, what was it we used to say? Uh, the Trigger's Broom Theseus's ship model is pretty mm. much the baseline. How much of a person can you replace till they're not a person anymore? Mm. And then it just looks at every single angle of it and it was really interesting and it just it was done in a very gentle way a lot of anime kind of just just go go all the time go go <laughs> bottle episode then go some more whereas anime is a bit more like uh, sorry uh standalone complex it's a bit of a slower burn a lot of things sort of iterate over time i always have a soft spot for those sort of slower slower turning stories so i'd probably mm. say for tv it is either probably Bebop, but closely followed by just Ghost in the Shell in general dealt with stuff in a very interesting mm. way. Gosh. Heavy, though. That does sound really interesting. I love, yeah, I love explorations of personhood. That's all Ghost in the Shell ever has been and ever will be. Mm. It's just ex- explorations of personhood in a future where cyborg, robot, people, everything in between, like, where where is the line? And it also, taking aside, like, Represent uh, female representations in fiction, for instance. Let's just put that on a shelf mm. for a second and just deal with like the um, the other elements of it. There's a lot there to do with handling the trauma of augmentation and replacement and prosthetics. And mm. you know, the main character has a full body prosthetic. It is a prosthetic. It's always described as a prosthetic, not you're a cyborg killing machine. They mm. are a person. They are the first successful case of a full body prosthetic. And it's like for the TV series more than the film. What does that feel like? You know, what are the consequences of that? How do you deal with that? And I know that that's buried in a lot of pew, 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 which, again, doesn't, of course, that tickles me as a sort of like 14 year old, shoot things. But <laughs> it, it's not often that I, I was seeing at the time in TV that measured examination of a topic. I, I think that yeah. we're a little bit spoiled now in sort of modern TV in that it you see more of that kind of thing where that can be the topic mm-hmm. for a TV show. Bear in mind, the time that I was watching this was, you know, late 90s stuff like that where mm-hmm. you you weren't seeing that you weren't seeing that anywhere so that'll always hold a certain reverence i guess for me what about you nemo i mean i think my favorite anime also does the same thing of of yeah thinking about the nature of humanity my most recent favorite the one that i keep coming back to is good barakamon it's a 12 episode series and it is that young man very disillusioned with the world um, is basically forced to go on holiday, and <laughs> um, oh wow, that really spoke to me. Um, he like ends yeah. up on this like island, and it's like all very countryside. And he's trying to like force himself to work, and he's trying to force himself to like be the best. And like you know, he's a young prodigy, but he's like you know, not in grace right now. And basically, these like local kids adopt him and just kind of show him that he is a human being and allow him to have feelings and to think about the world and to like actually exist as a human being and it's such a yeah it's one of those anime you can rewatch quite 
easily and just be like, wow, it's um, it's nice being a human, I guess. Nope, not allowed to watch that one. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Yeah. <laughs> way, way too close to bone. <laughs> there's um, another one very recently called Sangatsu no Lion. I think in oh, English yeah. it's March comes in like a lion. Um, and it's very similar, like a young kid who's had quite a lot of like trauma, but, but deals with it by being ver- a workaholic and is adopted by nice people who are nice to him. And I'm just like, oh, it's it's nice, huh? When when <laughs> when when your found family uh, treats you nicely, and <laughs> I think. Some of my more, I guess, classic, I I was born in 95, so I can't really say that any of the classic ones are the first ones that I watched. So the first ones that I really enjoyed were like One Piece. Clearly, I'm wearing a One Piece (laughs) t-shirt. So you are. And Oran High School Host Club. I think that was the first time... (laughs) I always talk about Oran and One Piece because they're both ones that I look back on watching And I'm like, hmm, one of these is about someone who dresses up as a boy and prefers not being the gender that they were assigned at birth and gets to go and have cool, fun times and gets to, like... Uh, explore their gender identity and have new friends. Hmm. Don't know why I could have been attracted to that <laughs> as a teenager. One of the big strengths of anime. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of that kind of thing. It's, it's definitely one of the strengths. Yeah. And, you know, One Piece, it's a pirate anime, but Luffy, the main character, he doesn't have like a romantic arc at all, which is very, very rare for a shonen anime. Like he's the main character. Mm. He's the main boy he's like supposed to be the kind of like teenage boy ideal but even when characters are like outright there's one character whose ability in the anime is to make people who are sexually attracted to her turn to stone it doesn't work on luffy at all and i mean it's not like they say oh he's an asexual aromantic person but it is i mean so rare for that to be a thing and mm-hmm. especially a masculine person in an anime so aside from the seafaring adventures which clearly <laughs> uh is something that i love I, I still hold oran and one piece as being two very uh instrumental to my development as a person and understanding yeah i, I think like you can also find what you want in anime like quite often like now the the genres are getting quite like specific and more specific and more specific so so you can very much like you know go on my anime list and find exactly what you want but i think you can find what you want in anime because they did explore a lot of things the first time i like knew what an intersex person was was through anime again not done amazingly but like wasn't shown on tv in the uk Mm. and queerness i mean i definitely watched a lot of bl anime before i knew that i was queer in any way and finding things that are in world acceptable uh even Mm. if in you know japanese society not acceptable and there were loads of narratives of like oh bad and evil and all that kind of stuff but you can find storylines that you don't get to see a lot elsewhere well you didn't get to see thankfully teens these days don't know how good they have it (laughs) they don't know they don't know (laughs) do you have any idea how happy you would be when you went to a block 
blockbuster and, and someone had mixed up the video with an anime? A secret anime in the VHS box? That was a joy that you'll never know! The experience of going to your friend's house to go on the computer oh. and just be on the computer oh. together. <laughs> I had a friend with a basement that had their own computer. Oh, oh, oh the stuff we'd watch. It was very low quality flash mostly because the tech wasn't there. But that's not the point. <laughs> but like speak, speaking to that though, like I have a, I have a pet theory which is okay pre-internet. This only really applied to people who were really into media. Mm-hmm. And post-internet, I think it's becoming, if not has become by now, the norm, which is take a moment and think how much you consume stories in your daily life. Let's even put like pandemic aside, like the crafted human experience versus all like authentic human experience, which, you know, has boring bits. Due to the internet, this is exacerbated. I was a media kid. Like I was pouring myself into media before internet. So as a result, ahead of the curve of certain on certain elements, behind on others. But my point is, is that we we, we all spend so much time now consuming media that our baseline for what we consider normal is now being derived from the media, mm. not 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 your real life. If you're spending more time in in fictional mm. worlds than you are in real life, that's your new norm. And I think what what anime caters to yeah. better than most is it's it's real life let's call it with a, the, their baseline still has a dash of spice it's like the mm. most mundane anime is still like it's real life but you know everyone can fly and that's just not a thing and it hits mm. that note of anything that's truly like real life real life grounded grounded real life these days starts to feel a bit drab mm. and a bit heavy a bit leaden mm. because we're all spending time in these fictional worlds whereas anime just sort of leads into it going like it's a base level assumption that like telepathy is a thing in a lot of anime like a lot of anime just has telepathy and it's not like this is telepathy we have to explain what it is it's just taken as red everyone can fall from a a building (laughs) and land and they'll be injured but not dead and again it's just well yeah that's kind of like the baseline for anime is just life plus and i think Mm. that it it (laughs) speaks to something quite universal at the moment which is because we're all spending so much time in these fictional worlds that yes unless it has that little extra level of plus that's what gets you to baseline of normal and Mm. so as anime has the edge there where it it, it has enough of that going on that a a a normal irl anime it's still saturated colors it's still really really like a lot of them are very comforting i have an incredible soft spot for anime depictions of suburban life because i think Mm. the renditions are a astonishingly accurate in uh, visually speaking at least and b they have a certain like quiet quality to them that people hanker for and like you urge to and i think that anime speaks to it better than most mediums of like hey i'm gonna give you what your what you're craving as opposed to what you either think you should be watching or what you say you want to watch Mm. and that's why anime has such a huge comfort viewing set of genres whole swathes of anime that are just what's the goal of this you watch it and you feel better Mm. and it's not the same as a sitcom that's different. That you can have a feel good sitcom, but this is a comfort anime, and it's very different. And I think it speaks yeah. to something. I basically, I think that anime is only going to go to strength, to strength, to strength moving forward because it it has a a very unique edge at the moment that people just aren't catching up to in other mediums. So it's just gonna mm. it's just gonna keep growing. I think that unusually optimistic read from you. 
<laughs> I mean, I could take it to a darker place and say maybe we should all be a bit worried that uh, we're deriving our sense of normality from fiction. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but let's not do that. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so we're starting to come towards the end of the episode. So as I've done with many similar episodes, I would like to ask, where would you recommend someone to start with anime? Like, wh- for example, so Alex, you started with Dragon Ball Z. Is that a good starting no. show? No, okay. it's not. <laughs> um, I think I've I've considered this before because i've tried to get other people into it sometimes i've succeeded sometimes i've failed Mm. if you have a guide like someone who already knows anime i tend to tell people to just say what's your favorite type of show oh Mm -hmm. this but it's probably not an anime i guarantee you there's a thousand animes about that thing go Mm -hmm. more specific oh i I guess i like hard sci-fi about lunar culture come on there's 60 be more specific like, <laughs> if you have a guide who can just dig in and go find this i just ask people what's your ideal show like what's your ideal like oh i like this 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 i guarantee you in the cooking pot that is anime it exists mm-hmm. you can go watch it right now that's a yeah. good way to sort of hook people in going wow i can't believe this exists but in mm. terms of like a big broad like entrance level one that's trickier. Yeah. Um, I have found that, like, you know, Ghibli films are fair, on Netflix and yeah, are translated into most languages. And there are, I mean, even amongst Ghibli films, you kind of have to be specific with them because you, you do have, like, ones aimed at, like, younger kids and ones aimed at, like, older people. Like, I wouldn't immediately say, go and watch Grave of the Fireflies, but I would say, like... I was about to ask, because that's what I kind of want to see, because everyone has said it's really sad, and I'm like... It is really good, but it wouldn't be my recommendation for first anime that you watch. It occurs to me for listeners, uh, Studio Ghibli is a specific sort of animation house in Mm. anime. They're, like, the animation house they think not anymore but think like early disney in western animation like they were the name mm-hmm. similar similar kind of situation on the uh, anime side it's a good suggestion a studio ghibli although hot take they're not they don't speak to me that much i think they're beautifully mm-hmm. crafted but i don't they don't hit the same note like cat bus just doesn't do it for me the way it does for everyone else i don't know why <laughs> i don't know it's it's cat bus what it sounds like yes well yeah it's a, it's a cat that's a bus yeah yay (laughs) it's both a cat and a bus don't think about it so when um grave of the fireflies came out they used to do this quite a lot more often than they do now ghibli would release a like a pure kids film that you could take your toddlers to and be spellbound like totoro and then they would release a gut-wrenchingly horrible picture (laughs) of how war up humanity yeah. and like Grave of the Fireflies. So Totoro and Grave of the Fireflies came out in the same year so that you could basically go from one to the other. So if you haven't seen Totoro Helen, you should watch Grave of the Fireflies and then probably watch Totoro straight after <laughs> so that you can go to bed <laughs> and <laughs> not feel like humanity is like crumbling around you. Um, I mean... I don't have that much more to do today, so I might directly after this go and watch Grave of the Fireflies. Great. I will let you know. I'll DM you to let you know what I think. Yeah. (laughs) Controversially, I am going to suggest... Hot take, why not? I think you should watch Bebop first. I think someone Mm. should just shove you into it. Why? (laughs) It's well regarded. It has enough of a run length for you to get used to it. It hits a lot of what are now considered the, like, 
broad touchstones of anime and even like what have become stereotypes but mm. I think if my goal is to get you exposed to as much anime as quickly as possible without <laughs> completely alienating you, I'd pick probably one of the big hitters, which says to me, again, you're looking at, yeah, again, I'm speaking from my own experience there. You're talking about Bebop, you're talking about Ghost in the Shell, but the film, not the series. You're talking about... Try, I wouldn't recommend Pokemon because I think <laughs> it has too much of a cultural cachet on itself. And it has a billion yeah. episodes. Now. At the end of it, you're an expert in Pokemon. You're not an expert in anime. Yeah. <laughs> There is one that I always recommend people who haven't seen anime, actually, if they like their sci-fi, which is called Planets. Anyone heard of that? Nope. So no. Planets is a comparatively obscure one that came out in about 2000, but it still used hand-drawn animation, which is unusual for the period. Mm. And its story was basically after a avoidable disaster in commercial space flight, like a, a low orbital thing, it just hit a loose screw. They mm. hire... Obviously, they have to. They hire garbage pickup for space. Mm. People to go around and just pick up, you know, derelict um, satellites and stuff like that. And so, naturally, it immediately gets defunded and it's a dangerous job that no one should be doing. But it's not an action-adventure. It hits a lot of standard Japanese anime tropes of, like, not in a not in a creepy way, like, new girl in the office. Mm. It's a lot of office politics and office dynamics in a group of people picking up space debris. Mm. So the stakes are high, but it hits that mm. office politics of like, well, don't alienate this person. Why? They're in charge of your breathing. You do you, but I'd get him those flowers. <laughs> and it, <laughs> and it, 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 it's it's a fun one to introduce people to if they'd never seen anime because it, it's a little gentler and they just go, oh, it's like a sci-fi cartoon. Mm. Sure. But mm. it, it, it sort of sneaks in a lot of the broader sort of touchstones for anime, I guess. Any last thoughts, Nemo? Yeah, I was going to say, like, if if sci-fi genre isn't something that you would want to start with and you wanted something that was more down-to-earth... Um, hey! <laughs> I would recommend, like, maybe Natsume Yujincho, uh, Natsume's Book of Friends, I think, in English. It's... Um, a really beautiful anime. It's very Japanese. It's about this boy who can see these spirits and him not having a lot of friends and, and being kind of stuck between two cultures of like the real human world who can't see these spirits, these yokai, and the yokai world who a lot of them are in trouble and how he prioritizes like whether he helps them but then that makes him look weird to other people mm. or or whether he ignores them but he can see how like much they're going through and stuff like that and it's a really gentle quite emotional um, story I, I i think and and it's a nice like kind of equal ground of storytelling and um emotions i've got it i've got I've, a oh. i'm all over that by the way as a as a angle of anime very all over that i think i have the objectively correct answer and i'm just gonna uh -huh. i think i'm just gonna immediately alienate myself from nemo forever here uh-huh this is a person who's never seen anime before mm -hmm. the war air cartoons exist but they they need an easy mode in mm -hmm. avatar yeah i mean i yeah. realize it doesn't count as <laughs> like true hardcore proper anime blah 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 mm. but it really is a very good anime light yeah, like it's a it's a very easy in you you, you know you you, you finish yeah. Avatar and you're like oh that was really good I guess I'll watch Legend of Korra that was really good 
I guess yeah. I could watch more things like this, and then they're in. Yeah. And you've got them. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think you're correct, actually. I, I have my my um, reservations about other Western animations being called anime, but I do think that Avatar is what, yeah, if you haven't watched any animated shows Like, none for... at all. You, you, you've yeah. literally never encountered the medium, yeah, and you need yeah. someone to, like, get you there slowly. Yeah, yeah. That I'm, I'm final answer. Uh, regardless of reservations, <laughs> my final answer is Avatar. Yeah, Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> Amazing. I didn't ever think I'd say it. <laughs> it's not a sentence I thought I'd be saying in a recorded medium. But yeah, weirdly enough. <laughs> well, on that, I think. Well, we're out of time. There's nothing I can do about that. Like, <laughs> oh, 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 Nemo. There's a trick I've learned for enthusiasm, by the way. Right, which is the yeah. episode can't end if we. Don't stop talking. No, no, <laughs> so we can, we can not, just no, we're not doing going. this. Okay, so we're do you want to hear my manga recommendations? No, because no, I can, can no, I can go on for look, look, Lori, Lori is wagging her finger. We haven't even covered like what if you're an edge lord? Death Note's right there. We haven't even touched yeah. on all of that side. We haven't talked about any of the trifectas, Bleach, One Piece. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I think we should knuckle down. We got another three just hours. Editor, in here. just fade us out. Just fade us out. <laughs> like, like, thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. <laughs> Enthusiasm is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike 4.0 International License. It is directed by Helen Gould, produced by Lori Ann Davis, with executive producers Alexander J. Newell and April Sumner. This episode of Enthusiasm was edited by Lori Ann Davis and Catherine Ranella. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.